G'day punters, welcome to the deep dive, the show that's going to take the best of the Betfair live wagering data and marry it up with the extensive puntingform.com.au sectional data to review the weekend that produced a little bit of everything. We're very happy to have on board one of the data scientists that uh, we love and treasure, Josh Cadillac-Kavanagh. JKC, how was the weekend for yourself, my man? Not too bad, not too bad. Found a, found a couple, made a couple of terrible bets. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's life. That's the data. What were the terrible bets? Uh, terrible bet was I thought Russian Camelot just had it and I didn't really factor in the gate and just the fitness. Uh, it's gone super. Uh, the other terrible bet, uh, well, it wasn't terrible, but I should have really backed uh, for a place, Bonvicini in the, the race three at Flemington, yeah. which is pretty brazen run. Uh, super, like, went super first up last time. Maren Eustace, just, we'll, we'll get into that later, but Maren Eustace, first up trainers. God, they're, they're, they're sort of firing. Coming we'll get to the, the greatest first up trainers maybe ever mm. outside DVDs, Ellison Zara, who won race four with Victoria again. Wow. They're freaks first up. Fresh, yes. Standing. Curls, how are you, big guy? Yeah, well, mate. Just enjoying the sunshine in Queensland. The sun's out down here today in Victoria. Of course, as you can see, I've got to peel back the blind. Fun going on here. Beautiful day. Still got a jumper on. Um, nice day yesterday, okay. Able to get to the beach. Didn't want to go on the water, though. Very, very cold. Where do we want to start today, Peter? Well, let's, let's start with the main event, the... Uh... The group one, the Maccabi Diva, wow we. Because, I mean, there's so many different ways you can approach this race, but how about, Jack Dickens, you start with the speed of the race. Well, the overall figure for the race is they've run an 8.6 above the all-average puntingform.com.au benchmark figure, right? The last three editions, so that's Gatting, Grunt and Humidor, 17.1. Gatting, 17.3 Grunt, 15.5 Humidor. So they've gone extremely slow here. Extremely slow. Very hard to make ground, as was the sort of pattern through the day. Um, sort of to what Josh was saying, I don't think backing Russian Camelot was a bad bet. I, I did the same thing. I think we've backed the best horse in the race, the best run in the race. We've beaten everything but a really strong weight for age miler. With the good, strong Sydney form, which shone for the last three races of this card, <laughs> been an absolute peach by Mark Zara, or one of the great rides of all time, has knocked us off, and we were forward, cast no cover the whole way. So I don't regret backing Russian Camelot. I do regret not saving on uh, Fierce Impact. I got a little bit probably overexcited about Russian Camelot. I think it's easily the best horse out of the race, easily the best horse from the day. Um, I think it's going to Cox Plate. We'll get to that in a second. What did you boys think of the ride? Lots of different opinions here. Pistol? Um, I mean, it's... I guess the fact that he sat four wide without cover and still kept the horse comfortable and it's still almost won is probably credit to how good the jock is. You know, in hindsight, when you're looking at sectionals times and splits, 
it's easy to say he could have rolled forward and you know potentially just allowed the horse to stroll up but then again that could have changed the race speed as it is so maybe it doesn't pan out that way if he opts to do that so um we're not getting the price on russian camelot again unless uh, it's in a serious group one and there's some other serious contenders josh thoughts yeah, I thought the ride Bowley was terrific. I think there were some comments going around early in the week that he was going to try to ride it more positive, I think. I can't remember if that was true or not. Uh, but, yeah, super ride. was a slow pace, so it was, like, entitled to do pretty well from that position. Like, being wide on a fast pace, he would have toughened it up a lot more. So I don't know how much fitness – there'll be some fitness that comes with the run, but not as much as if there was a truer tempo run. Um, one that I thought got back was the actual one that I thought of O'Brien's that – ran probably almost just as good was Val and Declare back in the field. Uh, super, not suited at the distance. Oh, probably suited at the distance. I think it's one. But I reckon that's back on track for a pretty good campaign again. Um, last, last 200 metres of the race. So, yeah, su- it went super, I thought. Um, and Kings Will Dream, also good as well. Probably going back to a, a Turnbull again. Um, a lot of wraps around Master of Wine. Obviously, Caulfield Cups, it's aim. Not, yeah, nothing from really me. Held its ground well. Uh, Sophie Bond Super again, back at its home track, trained on course. Ticket, box ticket there. Um, Shane, Ollie's ride on Russian Camelot thoughts. Could have easily sort of snicked after being tardy away and save it for another day, but there was intent there to win, which is what you'd expect, I suppose, in a group one. But the opportunity to, to snick it and forget and come back and say it was a forgive run was certainly presented early. Um, rode it to win. The you know the two best horses fought it out. Um, one had a better run than the other. I think is probably how I saw it. Um, Fierce Impact is just a Group One mile winner in Victoria for fun, um, <laughs> and was able to beat a horse that had a tougher run. Yeah, I, I thought I thought in run, which is the way I think you should judge rides. I was very, very happy with the four-wide position, building momentum. I didn't think they were going as slow as they were. The only critique you could have in hindsight, which is irrelevant because they don't get the, the opportunity to like clock it like this, is he probably could have rolled forward and led. But if he had a, like, like the, some of the commentary was ridden it colder and looked for cover, he would just be another good run like like Vaughan Declare or, or Kingswell Dream and not contended the race. So from the wide draw, the way the race shapes, you know, if, if if Quick Thinker doesn't kick up and he can just roll a little bit further across, he probably wins. So I think the ride was outstanding. I think the horse is outstanding. I think it's aimed at a Cox plate, and I think it will be winning. And I, and I think they've learned that the horse has got a good amount of tactical speed. It certainly didn't give up the ghost. Like, it was probably stronger than uh, the, the winner through the line. So big performance, Russian Camelot. Spoken about fierce impact. Josh, what did you make of Sosi Bond's ride, like run? Like, I sort of thought the mile, no. Nah. It's gone as good as any anything in this race outside the first two. Yeah, I think it just loves probably probably likes the probably slower run tempo. I'm just uh, yeah, like it's done well. I think it's done well at the mile. Um, can't really pot it. Goes well at Flemington. I remember that run when it won. I think it both it stuck there in the Ori Star 2019. Uh, that was obviously over 1200. But 30, like 30s in row. He loves Flemington, but it doesn't. It's not that it doesn't love Caulfield either. Uh, it's just an honest runner. Like, what a horse to own. Um, I saw the silks had changed. 
hadn't changed ownership, had it? You wouldn't want to be. The thing just racks up a lot of prize money. Yeah. Good one be selling it. Well, I think it was suited by the slow tempo. Um, Kingswood Dream Boys, any thoughts yet? Looks on track for a Turnbull to me. Can it? What is it? What does it need to win the Turnbull though? Sort of Quite just a, it's a bit of a tease. It just needs to be ridden with intent, which is like classic wall of third up, up to 2,000, draws inside, all of a sudden it lands midfield instead of last, right in the race, I think. That's my read on Kingswood Dream. But I, there's, a, there's a good chance Russian Camelot's in the Turnbull, and if it is, I don't think anything from this race can beat it. Is Russian Camelot going to the Turnbull or the Underwood? I'm not sure, but it, it, it makes sense to go to the Turnbull or the Underwood. So, mm. Interesting for futures markets players on those two fields because they've both got Russian Camelot in them as a favourite if you're into that sort of a thing. Master of Wine Curls, thoughts? How good is it? Pretty well summed it up. It's good enough. Um, you know, it's going to be thereabouts, isn't it? It's from, it's, I don't know. I always get a little bit confused with horses' ability compared to what Wayne says about their horses. So, <laughs> hard being a Queenslander and trying to, you know, add two and two together and see you do come up with four sometimes with a narrative. <laughs> I'll just let the horse do the talking. Jack? <sighs> Peter, what, what are you going to do with Master of Wine? I uh, thought that this was like a pretty strong performance. It's really, really hard to overly stamp anything either way, how slow they've gone. But yeah. it's, worked, it's worked through the line was, was, was a pass, Mark, I thought. It's a pass. It's not a, it's not a great pass. It's almost a conceded pass, to be honest. Um, I'd be asking Master of Wine to come back for a little bit of extra education over the next couple of weeks, uh, try and elevate it up. I, look. There's going to be better horses, I think it's going to run into this spring, and it hasn't necessarily shown anything previously on a really fast tempo that's got me up and about. So, just a horse for me. Might prove me wrong, but, you know, that, what else is new? Um, shall we go to race four? We've, we've got a question from Tigsy, otherwise known as TS Ratings. Bold star, was he just unsuited by the slow tempo? Forgive. And then dollar for dollar, is it backing up next week in the Rupert Clark? And if so, can he figure? Who wants to take that, boys? Uh, I'll start with saying I think dollar for dollar is, I think it is backing up. I saw on Trav Noonan's likely fields for the Rupert Clark. Uh, it looks like it's there. There was no jockey assigned there. Um, I thought Bold Star, like box ticker sectionally for me, uh, amazing. Like just did it, did the same. Just wasn't suited by the pace, obviously. Um, I thought a horse that I love, but it's just way out of its grade here, like terribly out of the handicap. Uh, rock profit. I think you're the same oh. as well as me, Jack. Yeah. It's just like, what are they doing with this horse? Like, put it in a like it's not a Group Two horse, but like maybe listed it. At very, we back, yeah, like, we back listed this into a maiden at Sandown. It took twenty ones. Yeah, and it lost. It ran second. Yeah, and it's it just. It's good, but God, they've put it way out of its grade. Uh, open handicaps, you know, second in two bench, uh, benchmark 90 in an open handicap at Flemington. Uh, just drop it back to that, for God's sake. Like, it's not going to run. Yeah, it's not going to run up to group two standard. I, I think Bold Star went too quick. He went 2.8 lengths quicker here than at Caulfield. And he's recorded a slower overall time. So he's run it. 13.3 overall at Caulfield and a 10.1 here. 
He's two, he's two from three down the Flemington straight, so he handles the straight. The other time he ran second, they were both off walks. or All three runs were off walks. I think the slower they go, the more dynamic this horse is late. Like, it can hit speeds that not many horses can hit, but it was somewhat dowered. And I think it's pretty clear by the fact that it's recorded a slower overall, even though it went quicker at the start time here. I think it's better suited when they walk, old stuff. At that point. Yeah, but where is he going to get – Where so where do you go with that horse like that then when, like, in the springtime over 1,100, like where, where where are they walking, you know? I think I think if they stay at Flemington, they'll find races yeah. where they walk more often than not. If they go to Caulfield, they'll get faster run races because they all charge yeah. for that spot, then they charge to the bend, then they charge home. Whereas at Flemington, it's just a raffle to how fast they go down the straight each and every time, in my opinion. Down the, down the straight is, like, I reckon – 60 to 70 percent of the time they're just absolute walks like that that one that it was in last time was like it was like on the old benchmarks by punting for him it was like 15 lengths yeah. slow in like a like a listed or a group race yeah it's yeah, just yeah. like it's almost like classical like it's just it's actually just boring as well because it's got no you want to find those horses with like like a pippy with tactical speed as well like they're, they're the ones that are really good that you see but like these sit and sprint things are just tricky um but I saw someone commenting on the weekend about it on Twitter and saying, now with the big moods back, he might he might have some truly run races down the straight. Let fast horses run fast. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I letting fast horses run fast. Um, so sorry. Anyone want to make a comment on the actual winner? Just, the just greatest, the greatest first up trainers ever. They are. They are so good, fresh. Uh, Mark Zara, elite riding. He's rode outstanding on Saturday. Um, I thought probably missed an opportunity here to bet, bet this horse. Um, great ride. Bunch finish, though. Hard to sort of figure out this race moving forward. I, I would say Zutori and, like we've just said, Elephant Zara are really dynamic, fresh. Zutori's regressed. That's last two times second up so i'll try and be against it next start just because the market will find it off this wind and profile it's building um i think it'll be vulnerable next start if it sort of steps up or even stays in this sort of grade okay let's move to race eight uh the dane hill stakes over 1200 we're speaking about almost you know fluctuating speeds down to flemington straight where they've gone very fast here minus 11 or 11 lengths fast on the adjusted figures. They've still gone six and a half lengths fast for the class, which is just exceptional speed. Question from Tommy Hardy. Ranting has a lot of talent, has been a bit slower out of the barriers last two starts. Looked like he sat as barriers open on on uh, Saturday. Can you see them going for the headgear next start? I think the, the, the camp needs headgear, not the horse. Uh, back the horse last three starts. It's been enormous every time. Um, I think like this is this is where racing is evolving, but slowly. Ranting, whilst it sat in the same position in run, this start as it did last start when it was sneaked and ridden against its pattern without a change of tactics. We won't talk about that too much. It's gone 6.2 lengths faster than 600 here. It's, in, it's increased its tempo dramatically and still got through the line pretty nicely. It looked like it was going to win to me. Um, we mm. backed, you know, thank God. The only bet we had for movers all day, but we also back ranting from the yard, and I, I really thought it was going to win. Um, the, and the way it's getting through the line, the way it's run these last two races, th- there's no way on earth the stable will will 
ever try and be positive with the horse, even though they don't understand that they went so much quicker here. Like, if he went this pace at Caulfield, he would have been leading that race and would have won. I think the horse got proper upside, and he seems to get a great price each and every time. So you can probably just keep backing it. Josh, the winner, yep. Doubtland, proper splits we saw in its first prep, especially in that second start, which was the kindergarten. Uh, it's just produced a six-length PB there on the weekend. Where's the limit for Doubtland? Uh, sky's the limit. I don't know if – are they taking it – what is the path? Are they taking it, are they taking it guineas, possibly? I don't know. I'm not actually sure. I'm not well, great the cool with where they're going. Probably the, the other obvious target would be one of the other oh, shows. Yeah. Yep, well, there you go. It's trained, you know, Hawks trains on course, so love Leamington. Uh, love that straight. It's got the straight track form now. Uh, I thought Prague was super, given the strong yeah. pace. Uh, like, just, yeah, like it's it's gone super first up, so it's going to be rock. It's going to come on with fitness super. Uh, so if, go find something with not a whole lot of speed in the race, you know, not too much speed. It's one off. Um, it's one off slow to even tempos previously up in Sydney. Uh, just another Sydney horse that's gonna probably give us a shellacking in the spring. I, I do think my, my theory on the Sydney horses like this weekend is they're coming off fast run races on good tracks. Like they had one firm track and all these three horses sort of came near it. Can we just decide? Is it Queensland form or Sydney form, September run? Are you taking it, Curly? Uh, the Queensland form's been massively underrated for a long time. Um, you know, we saw it again on Saturday where one travels south of the border and wins. You blokes get all shocked. It's just another day for us. <laughs> Queensland is um, just renowned for it. All types of sports. Should we talk about Rothfire? Shortly. Let's finish sure. the Melbourne preview first. Melbourne I was going to say... There was also another Queenslander in this race, or former Queenslander in Wisdom of Water. What, what's happened to that horse? That horse was on track to be the, the biggest sprue in Queensland for a while and hasn't quite come back by the looks. No, it was, um... every, horse, every horse that was on pace in this race stopped pretty quickly. The interesting runner here is extra time. It was good at Caulfield, and it's mm. probably the best of those on speed here. But despite a big sort of SP profile, it looks like a horse with decent ability and good tactical speed. Yeah, big fan of extra time. 11 lengths. Out 11 lengths quick. Wisdom of water. Yeah. It's, only, it's faster than Farnan went. Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> so you it, so again. <laughs> yeah. So, this is now trained by Mick Price. So it's no longer a Queenslander, this horse. So you're no. saying there would have been a Queensland Quinella if this had run in the uh, in the in the Farnan race? Would have I'm been saying this, uh... if if this horse was in Farnan's race, it would have given Farnan something to just relax behind potentially. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Theoretical racing. <laughs> yeah, theoretical racing, isn't it wonderful? Look, he he, he was <laughs> a hard going horse when he was up here when Edmonds had it, and um, I wasn't surprised to see it sort of charge. The you know on Saturday, so. Okay. Better for the experience, possibly, huh? Needs a bend, better for the experience. I'm sure we can toss up all those things. Yeah. Trying to talk. All right, Dickens, anything else you want to follow out of Flemington? 
Oh, the horses we've touched on. Um, I think Kinky makes a good point with Dollar for Dollar if it backs up. It's well placed. Went well in that race last year. I think it ran second. Uh, Russian Camelot, Beast, further the better. Um, I do think this extra time, if it gets back to Caulfield, if it gets to Caulfield or Mooney Valley, it's going to probably be its favourite to be suited and probably runs a good race, and you're probably going to get a good price to go each way. Josh, a couple. Extra time. Josh, a couple for yourself to follow. Uh, I really liked the run in race number nine of SWAT stat. I think the horse will probably want further. It's probably going to go to the guineas, uh, the thousand guineas. I actually don't mind it uh, for that. Uh, I thought Minaj was super as well in the race. Um, what about Willow? Willow Willow literally like pinched that race. Yeah. Those two, those two were like racing each other. Johnny's sitting on Swat's ad. Knows he's got plenty of pony. They're walking. Yeah. Willow's just up and gone. He's 20 metres away from him inside. Very yeah, sneaky sure. behaviour from Willow. Pinch the race. Great riding. Pinch the race. And yeah. No, no, fault, no fault John Allen. Like he's got Minaj in front of him. He can't see it. Says that he was... Was September run out really wide? At the, no, the down, down the inside fence. It says it's come, come across and pinched it up the inside. Yeah, interesting data from punting form. Another good point of punting form. They do the wide data. If, so if you've got a subscription, you can look at where the horses were in the, in the straight. Yeah, important stuff. All right, let's go up to Queensland. Uh, alligator blood. Girls, you want to just mention what this horse was doing market-wise in run? Was, uh, has Alan made any comments? Have you spoken to the great man? Uh, <laughs> haven't spoken to him. Um, muted him on Twitter as well. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's been said since. Um, one, one thing about Queensland I've noticed uh, recently becoming, eh, I'm not sure whether, whether it's a fad or it's a trend, but just tell the stewards and tell everyone what you're doing before you do it and then you can get away with it. So um, we had DVD say all, you know, Thursday, Friday in any interview, um, David Van Dyke flashing his good bloke card and getting on all the, on all the media to talk about his horse. Um, happy to see it run in the top three, just happy to see it hit the line. Um, just happy to see it hit the line and then we'll, then we'll work out where we go from there. We'll go to Sydney, um, either Everest or the Golden Eagle. Beautiful barrier trial, wasn't it? from Alligator Blood. Um, absolutely no money for it. Um, oh, none. From like zero. Winner-backed, heavy. We discussed this race on the preview show, and the more I discuss the race and the more I look at it, I just think map, tempo, everything suits. This thing will love fourth one off and just piss in. Um, and then the the absolute avalanche of money has come for the Odyssey um, on the day. I'm not sure whether you've got the data there, Pete, to um, yep. to back that up for me. But um, sort of mapped a fair bit of speed in this race. I, I thought they'd go... Lickety split. Yeah, lickety split. Um, we had horses like Catesby, Mr. Marbaloos, Fiery Heights, um, and the Odyssey itself, which don't mind, you know, burning, you know, burning along in front. I thought they went at a, at a controlled tempo. Uh, once the Odyssey found the fence... 
and Fiery Heights found the position outside it. Um, they all grabbed hold. And meanwhile, Alligator Blood was um, just tight on the rein at the start, had a nice grip on him, let him find his position and, and sort of amble around in behind them. Was never winning. The, the, I mean, what do you say? Like, you, for those that, for those that sort of labelled him a good thing on da- on the data and on the map, um, you you were dead before you even bet. Um, brilliant barrier trial. Won't be dropping off him. David Van Dyke was on radio this morning, I think, saying Monday morning, saying the Golden Eagle is the race for it now and um, the Everest off the agenda. He did parade with a bit left in the tank, um, but he certainly wasn't there to win. Is um, is what my notes say in hunting form. Beautiful. Yeah. Honest, clear, precise. Righto. How good's the winner? Because it's beaten Alligator Blood. We like Just Norm each way. It's run an okay race, but the winner sort of killed him. Can we follow it? Or is it just sort of like a perfect setup, market found it, crunch, bang, soft lead, win, against it, start? Um, look, he's been a good horse through its juvenile campaign, the Odyssey. Um, just, a, just, I suppose, what are, you know, it's mid-September, sort of a little bit away from from the summer still. Like, I think where he's, where that horse is suited around Dooman, where he can just jump on the bunny and dictate, you know, he's, the horse is going to be hard to beat. Um, I sort of thought, like, this is its... This is its go, though. Like, I don't think it's going to get... I didn't think it's going to get much further than this. Like, I, I wouldn't have it in a, in a sort of good good tempo 1,200-metre race. So it sort of found its race today, um, Saturday. Just Orm's always a horse that I thought was more suited to a 1,000, to a 1,050. I thought the 1,110 was, um, you know, was right on its distance limit. So, look, I... It's sort of hard to label any horses to follow because every race is so different from week to week, and it's just the setup and whichever horse the market finds runs gets the best run. Josh, you would have liked Alligator Blood's uh, sectional splits, wouldn't you? Mm, it was very sexual, but it's the obvious though. <laughs> it's obviously a very good horse. Uh, Eleven hundred, probably not going to be suited. But as Curly said, the maps are it's a lottery sometimes. Uh, well, just Ormy was very good, wasn't it? Again, uh, I've actually heard some of the some of the owners had sold out of that before Ormy put a couple together. Uh, so they'd be absolutely filthy. Um, trying to draw yeah. it. What? I think the trainer took the other half of the horse that the owners sold out sold out of. Smart man, Tony. <laughs> Let's <laughs> put a couple together. <laughs> Interesting that the sectional time there, Bandapur ran the fastest last 200 of the event. Um, <laughs> it got it got dropped. Uh, well, not got dropped, but it was settled. It settled a lot further back, so it was probably entitled to run on. But um, his horse yeah, went to London, didn't it? After after Cummings, Bandapur never went well. Now gone up to Queensland. Just another Mexican. We're just too good up there, aren't we? Queensland sun, just you improve lengths, mate. What are, are you claiming yourself as a Queenslander now? No, I'm just saying as an ex-Victorian. No, Josh. No, Josh. Oh, sorry. No, 
I'm just no. I'm saying Vanderpur was a was an ex Mexican. We're trying to claim it for us. Okay, right. Just checking. We got to we got to claim ours. Like Curly's trying to claim his in every state. You know, <laughs> state versus state, etc. Mm. The only other, um, you know, I touched. I said mentioned earlier about how you just declare your intentions and then it's okay to do what you want. Um, the Wallace Stable had the multiple runners in the last race as well and, and declared intention with Santoro Rosso. Uh, sorry, how do you pronounce it? Satono Racing. El Romilly. Uh, it was to be the um, it was to be the bunny this week uh, and sent to the front. Couldn't f- obviously the surprisingly the stable mate settled back and won the race. Well, I couldn't label it because I also thought that Oliferous would be suited um, from the tactic change as well. And interesting to note, if you're looking for a horse to follow out of that event, the third of the Chris Waller runners, El Ward, uh, with the with the top weight in the race, um, he decided to sit three deep um, on it and um, and he was still boxing on at the end. So uh, well, when, when you think that they're going to like set it up, you'd think that Ronnie Stewart on Santono Razin would, would go as quick as he could. I thought he would have went a bit quicker. Um, Ronnie, control Ronnie, sectionals. Control Ronnie's sectionals. He's taken out, out the Turtle Award this week, Curl, in Queensland. Like, unbelievable. Well, you think you're just going to send a light up there. Exactly. No, he's gone. He's gone three points three below the all average benchmark. Very, very slow. And I thought they call him Rock and Ronnie. Why don't they call him Rock and Ronnie? Um, <laughs> you might be thinking of Ronnie Gulps at Toowoomba, right? Eh? Oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's the wrong. <laughs> you got too many Ronnies. <laughs> uh, gentleman Jock Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Stewart, the gentleman Jock. Um, but pretty much just a, a you know, a ho hum sort of day. Um. In Queensland, really, um, Alligator Blood was the one that we're all sort of interested to watch, and they got it spot on. Now, Shane Shirley, what was your reaction at the 400 metre point of the run to the Rose? Were you up and about like all those other Queenslanders we've seen on socials, just yelling and screaming and uh, just roaring home the Maroons? Yeah, groping Rothfire's connections and just giving a bit of social distancing just to each other, just getting right into it. Yeah, no, I wasn't. Um, (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I want to take this opportunity to say I was wrong. I did did think that the My Runners team went off a bit early in selecting this horse prior to the whatever race that was on Saturday that it won. Um, I didn't realise at the time, though, they did have a get-out clause um, that if the horse did fail on Saturday, they had the opportunity to boot it from its slot. Oh, that's key information. That's key because it might have been wound right up. So I wasn't aware of that, you know, when I made a couple of outlandish statements that the horse was only a restricted Queensland two-year-old winner. And they might have gone a bit early. Well done to everyone that uh, involved that identified this horse's ability. Um, the thriller from Chinchilla. What a horse. Oh, I loved it. I was up and about. Um, now, look, I, I think uh, I spoke about this a little bit a few weeks ago. Um, you know, in the ho hum sort of winter months when the punts are grind and the horses are shit and all the good jocks are on holidays, you do lose your passion a little bit for the sport. 
And I think, um, you know, seeing this horse go down to Queensland and, and all the hype and conjecture that, you know, that in the lead up to the race and then, you know, what the events that we saw on, on the track, it just in, I think it reinvigorated me anyway. Um, it certainly sort of rekindled my passion for it. I certainly didn't go spraying myself with champagne and, and, um, and um, dry humping my mate's leg next to me or anything like that. <laughs> but... Um, you know, good on them for, for pulling it off. Um, Robbie Heath, Rob Heathcote's travelling uh, main main girl there, Mel Sharp. She travelled buffering and she's travelled Rothfire now and got great results. So that's you know that's great for her. Um, you know, really big effort. And look, it's it's great for racing to have the cat amongst opinions in Sydney anyway. There are all those you know the Sydney Blue Bloods get around there with their polished balls waiting to go to start, and and the Queensland has gone down there and kicked them fair in the nuts. It's um, Great for racing. Oh, yeah, I mean, how can you possibly follow on with that? Outstanding. Um, anyway, go Rothfire. It'll win the Everest. It'll win the Coolmore. Um, it'll win whatever well, it goes to. You've completely stuffed it now, haven't you? It can't can't win anything from here. So yeah, we've ruined um, racing. Yeah. Shall we? Was- I just want to just. Yeah, well, just indulge me for about 30 seconds because Belmont really doesn't take any longer than that. It was an awful meeting. It was horrendous. How many more uh, have you got on the, um, that, that track? Because it's starting to kick up badly. I, I don't know. Hopefully not very much or very many. Um, but I just want to make note of the, the one, interest, one interesting race was race eight, which was Long Beach versus this will test you, this versus Condor Heroes. Um now, they've only gone even to the 600. Everyone was thinking they might end up in single file. could be that much electricity in the tempo of this race. It didn't eventuate that way. In fact, it looked quite comfortable for a few of the horses. But how's this for a sectional split? From the 800 to the 600, and this is a 1,000-metre race, Condor Heroes, who was leading, went 10.04. This will test you, went 9.94. Now, it's difficult to see it on the replay because it's a head-on, but you can actually see this will test you just really kicking up probably went a little bit too quick in that early split and then they both fell to pieces, thankfully for us who backed Long Beach heavily late. Just magnificent. Bond that was a, yeah, that was a big bet, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the market really just crushed it late. There was a few... If you had a look at the, the data for the horse previously, last preparation, Long Beach looks like it's got uh, a heap of ability. And given that it was only a benchmark 66, you know, you think, oh, it's not that much of a, of a victory, but... Yeah, I think some of these horses will, will get to far better grade than that. Uh, Dickens, the Turtle Award, the Valium Award, courtesy of Kelsey23. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Jay Mott on Harlem in the Maccabi Diva, Group 1, Wait for Age, has gone the slowest all day to the 600 on the punningform.com.au all-average benchmarks. Only He's gone 0.7 above the all-average. It's incredibly slow for that greater race, but and it's the slowest on the card. Unbelievable. We spoke about Ronnie, Rock and Ron. The gentleman, whatever Curls calls him. James Van Overmeer, eight lengths slower than benchmark in race three at Rose Hill on Mercurial Lad. Big effort from James. Um, slower than the, the highway. Like, are you are you anglicising his name? Jean. Jean, Jean Van Overmeer. I changed it to James. I don't know. We've got James here. <laughs> what? Van Overmeer. It went real slow. <laughs> And in Perth, 
Romilly, El Romilly went 14.4. 14.4. What are they on over there, Pete? 14.4 slow to the 600 on Regal Dividend in race two. Yeah, well, they're just not very fast horses. Yeah, somebody's got Holy, holy Romoli. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another one. They call him the Radar Romoli. <laughs> Fucking definitely not the Radar. <laughs> the human stopwatch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, shout out to Kate. <laughs> okay, um, let's get to. Uh, apologies be- to, uh, to apologies to Jean. Didn't mean to call you James, bro. Didn't mean that. Jean, uh, we'll, we'll get to the biggest bet races, uh, both pre and in play. Pre play was race eight at Belmont. That was the Long Beach race, four hundred and thirteen thousand. Doombin race eight, Alligator Bloods race, no surprise, just under six hundred thousand. Group one at Flemington, the Maccabi Diva, one point one seven million matched. Compare that with Rose Hill, the most matched in a race was eight hundred thousand. That was the Fatus Mass Crusader Shamozel, and then at uh, Morford Dillers race nine, five hundred fifty thousand matched, and that was the race won by Instant Celebrity. Horses backed pre-play, Bronze goes to Faseka, which lost. Uh, max price of three dollars sixty jumped two dollars sixty four. Betfair starting price. Oh, um, silver was Windstorm. It lost, which was six hundred sixty six thousand. Max price two ninety four jumped two dollars twenty eight. Oh, and gold Mass Crusader lost. Max price two dollars eighty four jumped two dollars zero two seven hundred seven thousand matched on wow. fair. So the market just... That's my favourite part of the show now. I love that, hearing that stuff. Just death riding. Now, uh, before we get into the in-play, the horses trading in-play, we had a really good question from from Cozzy again, Paul Cosm. I noticed on Sky, Farnan ran a mid-race 10.2 second split on Saturday, which I calculated in-play as being roughly 10 to 11 lengths fast to the 600, which is actually pretty close by Cozzy. That was well done. As a result, it peaked on its run and got overrun by Rothfire, who was trailing five to six lengths. What it looked like to me was Rothfire was more in its comfort zone and had more in the tank late than Farnan, who was flying up front. As a result, in the next race, I backed Wild Planet from midfield, who I had as one of my main chances at $7 in play, as Fender was also travelling fast up front, approximately 10.8 second splits, and subsequently got the win. My question is, with 200-metre splits on the TV during the race, can you help me find more in-play opportunities to backslash lay horses using these splits? And can you provide any examples of your own success with this in the past? Well, certainly can't provide you with any examples of anything to do with uh, racing in Victoria because um, we don't have trials on TV and we don't have sectional times on the TV at the moment. Um, unbelievable. But, well, it's uh, inconsistent. Every now and then there's a sectional split and then it seems to break all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Donald, picnic, t- Donald picnic meeting, you might get a split on the screen and think, why have um, we got that over Flemington? Yeah, let alone the I think they should get that back on. If, if racing.com, anyone from there is listening, it's just like essential to sort of see that. Uh, we get it with Sky, so why, why wouldn't you have it on their thing? I do like with Sky how they have the numbers and where they are. Yeah, the tracker system. I love that. It's like getting better as well. People tune into like Sydney and, and what do I on here? Because I've bet, I've bet whatever Rob said. I'm on the seven or whatever and I can find where it is in the run. I love it. 
I, I bet in Queensland. What are you talking about sectional times on the screen? <laughs> Technology. I get it. Um, the closest we have is when Dave Fowler calls. We have two callers in Queensland. Um, when Dave Fowler calls, he'll often call the first 600 metres, which I really enjoy. I think his calls are informative where other callers just scream the horse's names for 1,200 metres. Um, so, yeah, we... Can't really add a lot there to help from experience, but um, I think one one of the first things you've got to do is make sure that what you're looking at's the right data because you often see some, you know, you do often see, um, you know, well, I've seen a couple of examples anyway on .com where they'd certainly look to be going quicker than, than what they show on the screen, so. Oh, and I think what Curly's saying about the, the, the commentators is right. Matty Hill's pretty good judge. Terry Bailey's good judge of how quick they've gone. And... and to the point that you need, that we need to make though, is if you do want a betting run, say it's a 400 meter race, you need to make your decision by the sort of 600 at the latest, because you, you get you're swimming with sharks at the end, and um, especially if you're watching on TV, you're a little bit behind. So if you think the race is going to set up for that for the horse that you like, you can still make your decision, and, and that's that's where the impose is outstanding, because you you'll get close to SP more than, more often than not. And you think the race is setting up nicely for your horse? So yeah, I like think with, with the Rothbier reference, you think, oh, this is beautiful. We've got like a good pace. This is going to suit us. Make your decision and leave it. Don't chase it. I think they had a good point. We, um, I was at Ipswich on Thursday on course, and you know, after a couple of races, just made a decision that I was burning the form guide, and it was just rails in run. Um, so you know, reassessed and did the maps, and then you know on. Once they've jumped and grabbed a position, you know, to bet there. And then if you want if you want to take it to the next level and, and you do have access to that sectional times on the coverage, uh, I definitely agree with you. I think you, you're taking those positions before the corner because um, the uh, yeah, you, it's a very uh, it's a very competitive market. The last four hundred. Yeah, I think if you want to back horses that are going to run on. You don't. It doesn't so much matter what times, what times at all they run. It's if they run, well, say a twelve-second section from the ten to the eight, and then the eight to the six. But then they run. This is dramatic. A thirteen from the six to the four to try and get a breather. The horses at the midfield or worse will still run a twelve, and they'll catch up that difference and have that momentum. That that's when a race will, will suit the swooper. If they go like 12.5, 12.4, 12.3, 12.2, it's a lot harder for the horses to make up ground. It's it doesn't matter if it's a 12.2 or 11.2 or 10.2. It's about maintaining or, or changing that speed. allows the horses to catch up for doing no more work. And there's a horse profiling to it as well. So a horse that might lead like Farnham did on the weekend, sometimes they can pinch those. You know, a good horse will, will pinch that. Like Nature Strip could have that and, and run that time. But nothing's going to come over the top because it's just got that energy. That's its run style, and that's and going to finish off. Up. So you can't really just say uh, you can't make it a blanket rule of the of the sectionals as well. Some horses are going to have a better like a profiling to that to that sort of scenario. So you got to be careful of that. Otherwise, you'll if you're sort of laying those front runners off a of a fast tempo that just seems like it's you know too too hard to maintain, uh, you could actually end up with your head in the oven. And that Farnan race is a great example, mate, because. Uh, only because the only because the world champion Rothfire put the leader away so quickly 
The others back in the field, they were laying in, laying out, swishing tails. They were completely like gassed just trying to keep up. And when you look back at the margin, like a few of those horses like didn't get past Farnan either. And, and, a, and a couple that did didn't sort of, you know, go rocketing past it either. So, uh, you know, that race is a great example of what you say about, you know, horses with high cruising speeds that, that can break the horses back in the field that are chasing out of their comfort zone as well. Yeah. Great. Not so clear. Okay. All right, so we'll just touch on the horses, the top three for the most matched in play this week. Bronze was leading girl, which was a very short commodity at Belmont and finally won a race. Uh, silver was Cadre Dunois, which lost. There was 52,000 matched on that horse uh, in the first race at Rose Hill. And then gold was Frankie Pino in Morfordville, which did manage to win, but there was fifty, just under 59,000 matched in play. So... Bit of big trading there. I, I remember that race. It stuck out because I was watching that race for some reason. I was at the races and I was watching it. And it looked like pissing in the whole way. The caller never picked it up. The caller was like Is called it. Yeah, called it sort of trying to get out. And to me, it was already out and making ground. But he sort of called it and then sort of went back through the rest of the field and then went back to the leaders. By the time he's got there, this it was just over the top. Clearly, I didn't have my trigger finger. You got to be ready all the time. It's what I keep telling Sots. Hey, not at Morford. <laughs> Don't know the horses. I think uh, Brett Davis still thinks he's commentating in or calling in Hong Kong. Sometimes he just thinks that the horses are going either faster, or the fields are bigger, or the horses are better than what he's actually seeing in front of him. Um, but it's probably the clockwise, anyway. anti-clockwise thing. The race caller, the race caller effect on in plays, like it's. Is there anything bigger? I don't know. You imagine trying to bet in play off the radio at Dubbo. <laughs> Not with uh, what's his name? <laughs> what's his name? That bloke. That's Old not, mate. The Old goat. Mate. The goat. The goat. They call him. Old mate. He's known as. I don't know. All right, Curly. What do you got on this week, mate? Um, I'm betting. Surprisingly enough, I'll be betting. Um, tell you what, a couple have come up in the nominations on Thursday uh, and Tuesday, which is outside of my zone. Yapoon Tuesday, a couple have come up. Oh, not sure whether anyone knows where Yapoon is. And uh, Townsville on Thursday, Eagle Farm Wednesday. Um, I'm fully expecting a. David Van Dyke to uh, to win a few races at Eagle Farm on Wednesday. He's got a couple of well-placed commodities. And, you, um, and then, yeah, Saturday's Gold Coast Dolby is my main meeting Saturday. I'm going to be on track at Dolby for the – should be a great day. So um, I'm betting at all the places no one knows about, and I look forward to everyone coming with me on the journey. <laughs> Oh, bloody hell. Did uh, I mention Kilcoy Friday? The Mooney Valley of the North? <laughs> oh. Isn't that where they're holding Fox Bay? I there so I can just lose me mind. Aren't they holding a Fox Bay there this year? Fox um, Bay's Kilcoy? I believe the Kilcoy Turf Club were angling with COVID that they were going to move the Cox Plate to Kilcoy, but yeah. they weren't able to pull it off. Pinching the grand final and the Cox Plate. What a barn. 
Dickens, you've got Bendigo on Wednesday and then the Rupert Clark on Saturday. Yeah, good. It's a good meeting at Bendigo. It always is a good meeting. Um, this one, I look forward to that. Actually, um, starting to heat right up. Probably a decent meeting on Friday at Geelong too, which we might do a bit of action at. Yeah. Caulfield Saturday's fat. Now we've got we've got Flemington next Wednesday, Wednesday week. So look forward to that too. Good, Josh. Next, next week, not this week, but next week, we'll probably be betting Wednesday Flemington, Thursday Sale, Friday the Valley. Which is just going to really hit home again that we're not allowed to go. Uh, Caulfield the Saturday and then Mornington on the Sunday, which is just up the road. Again, it's going to suck. But whatever. A lot of people are doing it worse. Blah, blah, blah. Good. Uh, Josh, it's a pleasure having you on board. Um, we'll get you back on a preview, I'm sure. But uh, today's been, it's been fun getting a bit more of the data angle on board. So thank you for joining. Cheers, guys. Been a pleasure. And to everyone at home, go well. Enjoy the week. Thank you to pundingform.com.au and uh, our wagering content provider with all the grouse data. Big thanks to Dill at Betfair for that. The, the SP ad's been huge there. Yeah. Like See what they've done, where they've ended up. I love it. Right, that's us. Have a good week. Bye-bye.